0: Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. At Numbers chapter 19, if you will, in your Bible, Numbers chapter 19 may be the most interesting and unusual chapter in the entire Bible uh, especially compared to the number of times that anyone preaches on it. Uh, I, almost no one ever preaches on it, uh, but it's the, the passage about the ashes of the red heifer for the cleansing of the priests for the sacrificial system, the red heifer. Uh, not the brown cow. The brown cow is ice cream with rope beer on top. That's the brown cow. Does anybody know that, the brown cow? It's the red heifer. It's not the red bull. Red bull, it's an energy drink, okay? So, uh, But the ashes of the red heifer... Uh, and the intriguing part of the passage, and we'll kind of wander around a little bit tonight, My, I, I have a lot to give and it's not as maybe organized as it should be, uh, but there's seven groups that are mentioned seven times. The, the uh, Seven times, there's uh, seven repeats, seven references to the cow and its ashes, uh, seven items to be burned, the skin, the flesh, the blood, the dung, and then add to that cedar and hyssop and scarlet, another seven. Uh, seven times the blood is sprinkled uh, before the tabernacle, and that's verse number four. There's seven groups of seven. Uh, and then uh, seven different people bathing or cleansing, and then uh, seven items ceremonially contaminated, and then uh, those same seven items that needed to be uh, purified, and then seven references uh, to the priest. Seven groups uh, of seven. It really is a fascinating chapter, and of course, Uh, We know that seven is the number of either completion or the number of God. Six, the number of man. Man always comes short of God. Always comes short of God. That's why we need the sacrifice uh, that we have, especially uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the weightiness of this chapter, uh, we don't place as much weight on it as the Jews do because uh, in Israel, Uh, They're constantly talking about it, constantly talking about it. It is a big deal for for a a, a Jew. Um, uh, And and basically the warning here in our passage, uh, if you become ceremonially unclean or defiled and you don't follow the ceremonial cleansing, you'll be cut off. Uh, You'll be cut off. Now, uh, that's then when that was given, Numbers 19. Uh, The reason it's so talked about now, if you Google it, you're going to see Google Judaism and the red heifer or uh, Google Israel and the red heifer uh, is because of their wanting to rebuild the temple, uh, wanting to reinstitute the sacrificial system, uh, and you can't reinstitute the sacrificial system without the ashes of the red heifer uh, in order to cleanse the priests uh, that are going to be ministering uh, in that way. Uh, Most of the offerings that, that we've talked about before Uh, were given at Mount Sinai. Uh, They're given in Leviticus. Uh, They're talked about over and over and over and over again. We see detailed observations of them. We uh, get details about the offering of them, uh, whether it's the meat offering or the sin offering or the peace offering. But not this one. Not this one. Uh, This one may only be referenced in the Bible, once Old Testament, once New Testament, uh, but it is a big deal. Uh, And it wasn't given at Mount Sinai. It wasn't given in Leviticus. Uh, It was given apart from uh, all the others, not given uh, with all the others. There's something different about it, something special uh, about it. Uh, And so let's start walking into uh, chapter 19 about the ashes uh, of the red heifer. Look at verse number one. Verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law, which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a, say it, a red heifer, a red heifer, without spot, wherein is no blemish, upon which never came a yoke. And ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And and by the way, um, Uh, The unusual part of it is it's a female cow. It's a heifer. It's not a bull. Typically, it's bulls and goats. Here, it's a a cow, a heifer. And it says, "Um, uh, Ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, uh, that he may bring her forth without the camp. Uh, Most of the sacrifices that are given, uh, especially in Leviticus, they bring their sacrifice to uh, the temple, and to uh, the tabernacle. They come into the camp uh, in order to sacrifice that. Not this one. Uh, this one almost reverses that. Uh, bring that offering without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And so uh, it is unusual that that uh, it's a heifer, not a bull, that that it's without the camp, not being brought into the camp. And uh, then slaying that that heifer before the face of the priest typically the priest would slay the sacrifice, not here, not here. Here, a layman uh, 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 sacrifices the heifer before the face uh, of the high priest. And eleazar the priest. shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before, before. Uh, now, uh, don't get this that, uh, um, okay, they sacrifice and they, they end up burning uh, up and Um, and then uh, a little of the blood, he dips in his fingers, and then he takes that long uh, journey all the way to where the tabernacle is and then sprinkles it there. Uh, That word before is more toward, toward. Uh, A lot like when Daniel would uh, pray to the east. It's that type uh, of connotation. It doesn't mean slay him outside of the camp, bring the blood uh, inside of the camp. Uh, It's before, before. Where you're at, towards the tabernacle uh, seven times, seven times, seven times, directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times, and one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood. Uh, Typically the sacrifice would be quartered uh, and then some of the innards would be removed uh, and then they would take that uh, sacrifice and put it on the brazen altar and then they would uh, burn and consume all of that. Uh, Here uh, maybe the only sacrifice where Just everything together, just burn it all. And especially with regards to the blood. The blood, this is other than, different than. It's kind of intriguing that uh, it's not like the others. And so uh, her skin, her flesh, her blood, with her dung shall he burn. Uh, And the priest shall take the cedar wood uh, and hyssop uh, and scarlet and cast it into the midst of the burning uh, of the heifer. Uh, Then the priest shall wash his clothes and he shall bathe his flesh in water. Afterward he shall come into the camp, and uh, the priest shall be unclean until the even. Uh, And he that burneth her, this isn't the priest, this is the layman that that burned it, uh, shall wash his clothes in water, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall uh, be unclean until even. And a man that is clean uh, shall gather up the ashes of the heifer, and lay them up in a box without the camp in a clean place, and it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel, for a water of cleansing, a water of separation, it is a justification for sin. And so if everyone's kind of getting their minds around this, it's different then. They're taking a cow, not a bull. The priest isn't sacrificing it, a layman is. It's not inside of the camp. They're taking it outside of the camp and then uh, the blood, it's all consumed, all consumed. You kind of have to uh, rake a little bit. You know how you do a fire, you have to rearrange the wood, rearrange uh, the wood. You're going to have to rearrange, get the tail in there and get the hoof in there and get the uh, everything in there. Uh, you're going to have to rearrange that thing and then uh, take some of the blood and sprinkle it towards the tabernacle where uh, most of the sacrifices um, you sprinkle on all four sides of the altar. And so it's almost different in In every way. Uh, And and then uh, you take the ashes of that, uh, and you mix a little bit of the ashes of that uh, into water, uh, and that is for the purifying, the cleansing uh, of the priests. But uh, most of the ashes you put in a box, uh, and then you go to a clean place and bury it. Uh, It sounds foreign, doesn't it, to just everything you've ever, uh, because it really is an isolated passage. Uh, And so uh, let's go ahead and put down uh, point number three first, if you will. And so, uh, try to follow along uh, on the screens. We're doing this out of order, but, but, but the first thing I want you to see uh, is uh, the prophecy in the passage. Uh, the prophecy uh, in the passage. Down in verse number 21, and we're going to come back, we'll finish the chapter, but uh, verse number 21, it says, uh, and it shall be a, per- uh, a perpetual statute uh, to them. A perpetual statute to them Uh, The sacrificial system uh, requires the ashes of a red heifer. Uh, In the history of um, Israel, uh, there's uh, recorded in in the history uh, nine different red heifers spanning about a 1,000 years. Uh, The first one would have been kind of dedicating, kind of dedicating the tabernacle. The second one, uh, kind of dedicating, kind of dedicating the temple, and then uh, number uh, three through uh, number nine uh, was was the the rebuilt temple, the expanded temple. Uh, there's going to be a tenth one, and that's why the Jews are talking about it because uh, okay, the the Middle East quandary, uh, the Dome of the Rock is is the third holiest site uh, uh, in the Muslim religion, the third holiest site. Uh, it's sitting on top of Temple Mount. I should have brought a picture. Um, it's a gold dome. It's the Dome of the Rock. and um, uh, Now, some say that's going to have to go for them to rebuild the temple. Uh, the Temple Institute already has, all, and other, other places that are preparing for it, uh, already have all of the, the vessels and all of the furniture so uh, that when the, the rebuilding of the temple happens, and by the way, we know it's going to happen. Because in Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses that, that are killed and they raised from the dead, uh, they're, they're doing so in front of the temple. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter number uh, 2, the Antichrist uh, goes into the temple of God, proclaiming that he is God, sets him up as God, uh, and demands that people worship him uh, as God. And so uh, Antichrist, it's in the temple. And so uh, we know the temple is going to be rebuilt, uh, and the sacrificial system is going to be reinstituted uh, during uh, that time, uh, but you can't do any of that without the ashes uh, of the red heifer. Uh, and so the expectation uh, would be that there's going to be uh, a red heifer. In fact, uh, they've uh, already tried to uh, raise different red heifers, the Temple Institute um, uh, partnering with different. Uh, either ranchers. At one point, Texas A&M was involved in uh, genetically uh, altering because uh, uh, that red heifer, by, by um, the, the Jewish tradition, can only have three hairs on the entire heifer. Uh, and by the way, if You've never seen a cow in person. They're big. There's a lot of hair. Anyway, and so three of them, three of them, hair, uh, they, they have to have less than three hairs that aren't red. Uh, and so they're trying to genetically uh, mutate, and so it's, it's entirely red. Uh, others are trying to raise that. And uh, by the way, I don't know that um, it's going to be something that's manufactured or manipulated because uh, I think it's going to be something that God gives to them. Uh, God gives to them. Um, and, and I've pondered the other side, is it something that uh, the devil orchestrates, but, but uh, uh, try as they might, try as they, they, they want to. In fact, uh, some would say that the ashes of the red heifer were, were hidden uh, when the temple was destroyed, AD 70, by the Romans, uh, down by the Dead Sea, close to some of those caves where the Dead Sea scrolls uh, were found. Uh, And eventually, someone's going to find that. Someone's going to find that. Uh, And uh, in the Quran, uh, the the Muslim religion says, whatsoever nation rediscovers the ashes of the red heifer will dominate the world. Now, some think that the temple has, uh, the Dome of the Rock, uh, has to be destroyed in order for the temple to be rebuilt. Uh, But we understand the the exactness of where it was, where, where exactly. Many believe that, that the place for the temple uh, is, is beside, the Dome of the Rock isn't exactly where, uh, and the temple will be built beside the Dome of the Rock. I, I do think that that would play into uh, a one-world religion where, where uh, people are turning, not to God, but turning away from God, uh, following any other God. Uh, and so uh, whether that Dome of the Rock has to go for the temple to be built, Uh, when when the starting gun finally uh, 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 is shot to start the building of the temple, uh, that thing is going to go up very, very quickly. But the prophecy, the prophecy of the the red heifer is there's going to be a tenth one in order to reinstitute that sacrificial system that's that's going to be happening. Uh, And whether the The Dome of the Rock has to go or not. The temple, uh, the sacrificial system is is all about the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer, whether uh, they raise one that qualifies or uh, whether they find that box that was hidden away uh, when when the temple was burned down. Um, um, Either way, um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, Eventually, that's going uh, to take place. And so that's the prophecy. Put down number two, if you will, which is number four. So I'm going out of order. Uh, And so uh, just to kind of keep track of my, I feel like I have (laughs) uh, 15 different three by five cards of notes. I'm just coming up and just randomly. But uh, the prophecy about this offering, we talked about that. That's point number three. Uh, And then we're going to talk about point number four, uh, the problem with this offering. The problem with this offering or uh, the problem that needs this offering. Let's look back at Numbers chapter 11. You're going to see uncleanness 17 different times. And so uh, let's start in verse number 7 and walk through it. Count them in your mind if you will. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and shall bathe his flesh in water and afterward he shall come into the camp. The priest shall be unclean until the even. And he that burned uh, her shall uh, wash his clothes in water and bathe his flesh in water and shall be unclean until the even ate. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them without the camp in a clean place, and it shall be kept the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. The ashes are separate, and then the water is added. Not a lot of ashes that last a long time for the purification percent. And he that gathereth the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be, say it with me, Uh, unclean, uh, until the even, it shall be unto the children of Israel and unto the strangers that sojourneth among them for a statute forever. You see the same thing in verse number 21. It shall be a perpetual uh, statute. Uh, He that toucheth, in fact they say that when it was the last serving um, of the ashes going into water for the cleansing of the priests, they would take some of those ashes when they uh, uh, killed and burned and sacrificed Uh, The next red heifer, they they would mingle those ashes in with the new ashes, uh, kind of making it be one one red heifer uh, all throughout. Where was I? Uh, Verse number 11. He that toucheth the dead body uh, of any man shall be, say it, unclean seven days. He shall purify himself with it on the third day. And on the seventh day, interesting, uh, he shall be clean, but uh, if he purify not himself the third day, uh, and the, then, the, then, then on the seventh day, he shall uh, not be clean. Whosoever toucheth the dead body of any man that is dead and purifieth not himself, defileth the tabernacle of the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from Israel because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him. He shall be, say it, unclean. His, say it, uh, uncleanness is yet upon him. This is the law when a man dieth in a tent, all that come into that tent and uh, all that is in the tent shall be. Unclean seven days—it's almost uh, like a a plague. That and I, I get that uncleanness is not necessarily talking about a believer or a non-believer. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us perpetually from all sin. Uh, and even though we're saved, we still need cleansing. Uh, in fact, it's interesting to me that uh, the sacrificial system was given in Leviticus, and it's uh, the theme would be the sacrificial system. Uh, this offering isn't until Numbers, uh, and Numbers, the theme of Numbers is their wandering in the wilderness, and, and so you have the priests for that sacrificial system uh, in uh, Leviticus that have been wandering in the wilderness. And uh, when you're wandering in that dirt, that that uncleanness, that 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 desert kind of a place, uh, as they're ministering, they're still collecting dirt upon them, and that's why they need this. Uh, look at verse number fifteen and. Uh, every open vessel which hath no covering uh, bound upon it, it is unclean. Whosoever toucheth one that is slain with the sword uh, in the open fields, or a dead body, or, or a bone of a man, uh, or a grave shall be unclean seven days. And for an unclean person, uh, they shall take the ashes of the burnt heifer of purification for sin. And running water shall be put thereto in a vessel. Uh, and a clean person shall take hyssop. Uh, and dip it in the water, and sprinkle it upon the tent, uh, and upon all the vessels, upon the persons that were there, uh, and upon him that touched a bone, or one slain, or one dead, or uh, a grave. Uh, and the clean person shall sprinkle upon the unclean uh, on the third day, again interesting, and, and on the seventh day. And on the seventh day he shall purify himself, and wash his clothes, bathe himself in water, and shall be clean at even. But uh, the man that shall be unclean, and shall not purify himself, that soul shall be cut off, from among the congregation, because he hath defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of separation hath not been sprinkled upon him, for he is unclean. 21, Uh, and it shall be a perpetual statute unto them that he that sprinkleth the water of separation shall wash his clothes, and uh, he that toucheth the water of separation shall be unclean until even, Uh, and whatsoever the unclean person touches shall be unclean, Uh, And the soul that toucheth, it shall be unclean until even. Uh, By the way, so the problem uh, the problem is as we're ministering uh, in any day that we live in, uh, there's the world, there's the flesh, there's the devil, there's sinfulness. Uh, As we try to minister the way the Lord Jesus Christ ministered, being a friend of publicans and being a friend of sinners, uh, when those that brought him, John 8 is where we're at this Sunday morning, Uh, that woman taken in adultery, as we talk about a person of grace, the place of grace, they wanted to just kill her, uh, and and they're accusing him. Uh, In fact, last week when we talked about a, a pair of prodigals, it was the Pharisees. Uh, that, that came and said, uh, why are you a friend of sinners? And that's why he gave that parable. But uh, as we're ministering in this unclean world, uh, as we're trying to reach people uh, in an unclean world, hey, there's going to be some dirt and some smudges and some uncleanness, uh, and that's why we need to have that constant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, continuing to go to Him, strengthening that that walk with God, Bible reading and prayer and and praising Him and worshiping Him and, uh, and praying without ceasing and your entire day just thinking about Him as you're living your life in that unclean world. Um, I could give you a couple other things about the problem, but uh, I don't know that we're going to have time. So let's go all the way back to point number one. Okay, let's circle all the, back, all, all the way back. Uh, we saw point number three, and that's the prophecy. Point number four, uh, and that's the problem. We're unclean. There's none righteous. We've all sinned. All oh, we like sheep, gone astray. Turned everyone to his own way. Uh, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. We're all in the same boat. Number one, though, the red heifer, notice the picture in the offering. The picture the offering in the offering. Uh, It's a picture of Jesus Christ. It pictures the Lord Jesus Christ and it's a masterpiece. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so if this is pointing us to Christ, uh, if this pictures the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and and I think you'll see it at the end when I go to Hebrews chapter 9, but but that picture is perfect. It is absolutely perfect. A masterpiece. You were picking up what I was laying down when it talked about the third day, the third day, uh, the third day, the day of resurrection, that that justification. When the gospel, death, burial, resurrection—that's the gospel. Uh, and until you've gone through the third day, you're not going to have rest that that is uh, typified by the seventh day. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the third day, uh, is our rest. The seventh day. Uh, and so let's just look at a couple pieces of the picture. Uh, look at verse number one again and i'm sure you picked up on it there's red lights going off as we walk through it this is the ordinance of the law which the lord hath commanded saying speak unto the children of israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot without spot wherein is no blemish Uh, and of course you have to go to first peter chapter number uh, one where it says you're redeemed not with corruptible things as silver and gold from your Uh, vain uh, uh, imaginations after the commandments of men, but with the precious blood of Christ that is without spot and without blemish. Uh, I may have reworded some of it, but I got the last part right. And so uh, uh, just like that red heifer is without spot, without blemish, boy, our Savior is without spot. He's without blemish. But then look at the last part of uh, verse one. one It says, uh, verse number two, uh, and upon which never came a yoke, and upon which never came uh, a yoke, uh, never having bowed to the yoke of human influence. Uh, I, I, you may go as surface is saying, um, yeah, he, he grew up in a carpenter's home, but for his three and a half years of ministry, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to see where he was employed. <laughs> uh, upon whom never was a yoke. Uh, upon whom never was a yoke. Um, uh, uh, but if you want to go the other, uh, the other way, uh, he didn't bow, in, in fact, I think that you can even uh, make a parallel to my yoke is easy, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, uh, but I think the best parallel would be, the best connector is going to be uh, he was never under the yoke of human uh, uh, oppression or human uh, religion, and I, I would go to John chapter 10 when uh, the Lord said, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again no man taketh it from me but I lay it down uh, of myself John 18 Uh, when they came out of the garden and they said he said to them as they're coming with ropes to bind him and I'm sure clubs to to put down that uh, insurrection and he said to the Pharisees he said whom seek ye Uh, and they said Jesus of Nazareth and he said I am uh, I am uh, the he at the end is an interpolated word. Uh, it's not just saying, yeah, I'm the, I'm the person you're looking for. Uh, he's basically saying before Abraham was, I am. Uh, remember when Moses was saying, who should I tell them has sent me? What's your name? Tell them I am that I am. Tell them the I am. Uh, and by the way, that's the ego ami, the Greek phrases that Christ used throughout his ministry. Similar to that, he said, uh, I am the bread of life. Uh, I am the water of life. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, I am the door, uh, if any man come to me. uh, The I am's, the I am's. And here uh, is another one. It wasn't so much, I'm the guy you're looking for, but but I am. I am that I am. Remember uh, uh, the God of uh, our fathers of the Old Testament, the one you say you worship, uh, who said, I am, boy, that's who I am. And by the way, when he said those words, they were blown back and fell on their faces. By the way, eventually every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Eventually. Eventually. And the power that he had, because after that they came and they bound his hands with ropes and and, oh yeah, they're dragging him away to Caiaphas's hall and, and then to the judgment seat of Pilate. It's the ropes that did that. No, his word already blew them away. Uh, and so, a uh, uh, never a yoke, a uh, uh, never a yoke was upon him. Boy, he was the one who didn't get drugged to the cross. He willingly went to the cross. His love for us constrained him, and the love of Christ constrains us. Uh, and so the red heifer, uh, a picture, it's a picture uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then look at verse number three. And ye shall give her unto Eleazar, the, the priest, that he may bring her forth. Without the camp. Say that with me. without the camp. without the camp. Uh, and of course, we know that uh, Galgotha, um, he was crucified without the camp, uh, outside of the camp. Uh, I've been to the two places where there's a Catholic uh, there's a place where the Catholics think that he was crucified, uh, which would still be just outside, just outside. Uh, There's a place where the Protestants, a garden tomb uh, and a rock face, the place of a skull that looks like a face, uh, either one of them would be without the camp. Uh, And the reason I can state that emphatically, because some of the walls have have moved back and forth uh, during the years, Uh, Hebrews 13, for the bodies of the beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, uh, are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Uh, Let us go therefore uh, unto him without the camp, bearing his uh, reproach. I, I also think that Verse number three is interesting when it says, and ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest that, that he may bring her forth without the camp and one shall slay her before his face. The, the priest didn't slay the sacrifice. The priest didn't slay the sacrifice. The priest kind of oversaw the sacrifice. Uh, he was in Caiaphas's hall, uh, the high priest went, went trying him, trying him and trying him, but, but, but not crucifying him. Uh, in fact, they turned him over to Pontius Pilate uh, because they, in their law, uh, couldn't kill him. Uh, John 18, 28. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas, from Caiaphas, under uh, the Hall of Judgment. Uh, the priest didn't kill him. And it was early, and they themselves went not in the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then uh, went out unto them, uh, that Roman governor of that area, said, "Uh, What accusation bring ye against this man? They uh, answered and said unto him, "Uh, If you were a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. Uh, Then said Pilate unto him, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying uh, by what death he would die. Uh, and by the way, if the Jews were doing it, it would have been stoning, it would have been stoning if, if the Jews were doing it. Uh, but I like how they were passing it off. Um, 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 uh, we're free, uh, we're free of this. And, and you, you take that and uh, uh, almost uh, um, in strike contrast to John chapter 8, Uh, When they brought the woman taken in adultery, she needs to be stoned and killed. Uh, But here, for the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill prophecy, uh, it's not acceptable in our law. not lawful for us to put any man to death. And so uh, the fact that the red heifer was uh, killed uh, before the high priest but not by the high priest points me to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number four. And the are the priest, shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle towards uh, of the congregation seven times, seven times. Uh, and of course, Jesus' blood uh, continually cleanses us, continually cleanses us. That, that, that completion, uh, Colossians 2.10, uh, we're complete. Uh, in him. We have complete forgiveness. We have complete uh, cleansing uh, in him. And uh, one shall burn the heifer in his side, her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall he burn. Completely consumed. And uh, Isaiah 53 would talk about how he was despised and rejected. He was uh, acquainted with grief, stricken, smitten, afflicted, bruised, uh, his stripes, slaughter, shearers, bruised, an uh, offering for sin, put to grief. Completely consumed. Six, uh, and the priest shall take cedar wood, cedar wood? Do we know what the cross, what kind of wood the cross was made from? Uh, I don't know that we do, but uh, I like to think that it might be cedar wood. (laughs) Uh, Add cedar wood to that uh, as that burning, uh, and hyssop, hyssop. Uh, Remember when, of course, the Passover, you apply the blood uh, with hyssop, if you remember that, Uh, and now uh, the red heifer after there's wood, and then uh, hyssop. Uh, Christ on the cross, as he died, they're giving him an uh, and and uh, anesthetic uh, to be a painkiller, and uh, they, they dip it on a sponge of hyssop, uh, of hyssop. Six, cedarwood, hyssop, uh, and scarlet, and of course that, that scarlet color, that, that river of red flows all the way back to Rahab's house uh, when she had that scarlet thread outside of her window. Uh, of course it's scarlet, of course it's cedar, uh, and of course uh, it's hyssop. You can't picture Calvary without seeing that that blood-splattered execution uh, that they put him through. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, Verse number six. Uh, and the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it uh, into the midst of the burning of the heifer, in the midst of it, uh, in the midst of it. And of course, the problem is uncleanness, and, uh, and and we talked about that. Let me give you the last point, point, uh, point number two. <laughs> and so we saw three, we saw four, we saw one. Uh, point number two, the purpose of this offering. Verse 11, he that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean. Would anybody agree that that we've all sinned and come short of, the, short of the glory. Would anybody agree with that? There's none righteous, no, not one. We're all unclean. All, all our righteousness are uh, as filthy rags. We all are as an unclean thing. Uh, and so uh, we need the, the, that, that offering, that sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. At 12, he shall purify himself with it on the third day. The third day. The third day. Uh, let me give you Hebrews chapter 9. Listen to it. I don't have it on the screens. Uh, but but I, I hope this will be the bow that ties all 15 of my 3x5 cards that I had. Uh, it'll be uh, tying all of those together with that bow. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 11. But Christ being come and high priest uh, of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered into once uh, he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us it's finished everything that had to be done has already been done for our redemption for uh, if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer that's Hebrews 9:13 uh, sprinkling the unclean sanctify the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself Without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, The other offerings we see over and over and over and over again. This one offering, boy, you can't, don't neglect it. Uh, Don't surface read over it. Uh, Make sure that you get it because it is a picture, a, a masterpiece of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who I continually need for the uncleanness as I walk through an unclean world where I need that relationship, I need that cleansing. why let's live in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.